From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor, and this is FT News. Deutsche Bank was given special treatment by European regulators in the summertime stress tests. Well, with me to explain the whys and wherefores is Caroline Binham, our financial regulation correspondent, here with me in the studio, and down the line from Dublin, Laura Noonan, our investment banking correspondent. Caroline, you and Laura broke this story on Monday. Tell us what it's all about. Yeah, that's right. We had found out that Deutsche was given special treatment because it was essentially allowed by the ECB to count $4 billion worth of proceeds from the purported sale of its stake in Huashia, the Chinese lender, even though that deal hasn't even now completed. And despite the fact that the rules around the stress test stipulated that only deals completed by the end of December 2015 were allowed to be counted. So it looks like special treatment because the authorities knew that they looked relatively weak on capital and, you know, needed to be given special treatment, otherwise the market would freak out? Well, it certainly doesn't look good. We don't know precisely why the ECB gave Deutsche this special treatment. Certainly, it wasn't extended to other lenders in similar positions, such as Kasha. I mean, I should point out for clarity that even if the proceeds of the sale were not allowed to be taken into account, Deutsche would have still been well above regulatory minimums during the stress test. I should also add for transparency's sake that another 20 lenders beyond Deutsche were given exemptions as well. However, different kinds of exemptions, different kinds of exceptions, exactly. And they were all within the ambit of the rules, section 6.4.2, to be precise, because we went through all the disclosures. And Deutsche was the only one that had this specific treatment that had a different note beyond that. And it seemed to basically go against the specific rules, which said that deals had to complete to be able to be counted for capital purposes. Exactly, very explicitly so. And essentially the process is that individual banking supervisors, and in the Eurozone banks' cases, that is the single supervisory mechanism within the ECB, They sign off on such exemptions and then the stress tests themselves are run by the European Banking Authority. But the EBA has no power of veto, which is quite surprising, over these individual supervisory decisions. So, Laura, what's your theory on all of this? Um, It certainly doesn't look good because the whole idea of doing these EUI stress tests is that everyone's balance sheets are meant to be assessed in the same way. When you have a very large bank breaking a very explicit rule, it just smells foul. And there may have been very good reasons for the ECB to do this. Unfortunately, the ECB will not enlighten us as to what those very good reasons might be. The ECB has just been citing a policy that they don't and that they can't comment on individual institutions. I think when we have something which is this obvious, I mean, there is a very clear rule and they very clearly allowed Deutsche to break it. And unlike all the other instances where they refer to the point in the methodology which they use as the basis for it, they just don't explain this one at all. They just simply say that they allowed Deutsche to do something different. I think that the ECB really does have some questions to answer here. Yeah, I mean, it's yet another question mark hanging over Deutsche, I suppose. Caroline? Yes, and in fact, the newest member of the Bank of England's Financial Policy Committee on Tuesday morning hit out at this process. He says that giving Deutsche a pass in this way is just terrible for undermining stability. So, I mean, that's quite a swipe at his counterparts at the ECB. Yes. Now, there's a broader interesting debate here, isn't there, as well around European institutions sticking together in the light of a transatlantic spat over the strength of banks, essentially. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So at the moment, I think there is what I would characterise as a spat over the rigour of post-crisis reform in Europe and just how willing the authorities there are to do what it takes. So at the moment, there is a current reform package that's being worked on in Basel. We're calling it Basel 4. Well, indeed, the industry calls it Basel 4. If you say that to Mark Carney, he will push back quite strongly, although I understand the feeling within Basel itself is actually they're quite agnostic about whatever we call it. Mark Carney being the governor of the Bank of England, but also head of the Financial Stability Board, which is the kind of oversight authority. Yeah, it's a sister organisation to Basel, exactly. So the point is that Basel is doing quite a lot of work at the moment, and hopefully it will publish its final recommendations by the end of the year over these rules that they feel have been gamed for too long by banks in trying to work out their capital ratios. It's all about how banks model for their risk-weighted assets. Now, European lenders obviously have pushed back quite strongly against these reforms for quite a long time. There's been a lot of criticism that these reforms will lead to a significant increase in their capital. And that's all well and good. It's the typical kind of griping that you hear from the industry on any of these kind of reforms. However, last week was quite interesting because we actually had the European Union's financial regulation chief, Valdis Dombrovskis, himself say that Europe stood ready to walk away from this reform package because it unduly disadvantaged lenders across the bloc. And obviously Deutsche being one of the least well capitalised of Europe's banks is right in the middle of these crosshairs. Absolutely. There has been speculation that Deutsche might suffer from such packages like an increased, more rigorous leverage ratio, for instance. Well, that's something we will watch if they hit the end-of-year target. We'll come back to it then. I suspect it may drift into next year, so we'll monitor it anyway. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy the FT's Banking Weekly. You can find this every Tuesday at ft.com slash podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.